Samantha. We're recording. Oh, we are? Yeah. All right. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Happy holidays. We're your cool mystery aunts, Liz and... Samantha. And this is usually uh unsolved mysteries rewatch podcast have you forgotten because it's been so long (laughs) since we've recorded it really has but we're here to give you a special holiday surprise which is this holiday bonus episode and we're talking about beyond belief i was gonna make a joke that we were talking about forensic files again and we're talking about only the most depressing episodes (laughs) of forensic files get ready for massive child murders (laughs) Uh, the most depressing stories you've ever heard. Get ready for Christmas-themed sobbing. No! <laughs> um, we've learned from our mistakes, and we're going to do something fun uh, beyond belief. Beyond belief, fact, or fiction. Are there any holiday-themed beyond beliefs? I searched for that, and nothing came up, which Damn. is weird to me, because I was like, surely they must have done a Christmassy episode at some point, but... I couldn't find one. And... You would think that would be really fun if you were a writer for Beyond Belief making up those stories. Yeah. To do a Christmas themed one. I know. Santa Claus is real. Yeah. Or like, did a burglar dress like Santa and come down a chimney? I don't know. Writes itself, really. It does. If you haven't listened to our Beyond Belief episodes in the past, which, shame on you, but we don't watch the end part so we don't know which of these segments beyond belief has said or <laughs> fact or fiction i personally think that they are all complete and utter bullshit but you have to <laughs> guess which one the show is gonna say is true versus false yes and we're gonna alternate um talking about each segment and then at the end we'll find we'll do a reveal grand reveal together to find out if they said it was true or false and I feel like, you know, reveals are very in. Every children's toy is like, you don't know what the fuck it is. Buy it. <laughs> so. Is that, is that on the packaging? It should be. You don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> Buy it. Open it up. And then go, oh, I already have this one. That's the next LOL Merry doll. Christmas. You don't know what the fuck it is, doll. Yeah, you don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> Could be a piece of garbage. Well, isn't it usually a piece of garbage? It's usually some like little plasticky thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, Thing that's I, probably going to get lost in your carpet and you're going to step on it. I'm sure the LOL dolls are like, you know, dolls. They're not just like an old shoe. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you imagine? A broken radiator that somehow fit in the box. Yeah, no. I got my niece an lol it was a bath bomb so the surprise was in a bath bomb and you put it in the bath but now i'm picturing just an old shoe rises to the surface (laughs) of the bath a broken toaster oh no dangerous um no this is the beyond belief reveal where you just find out if it's fact or fiction in the previous episodes we learned that parrots are fiction so keep that in mind (laughs) Birds are fiction, everyone. Okay. Uh, I have the first segment. Okay, we're talking... Oh, I should have said. The way way we've been picking these episodes is me Googling best episode beyond belief. That has worked, I think, up until this point. I'm not sure how this one got on the list. This one is... It's pretty oh, just, just okay is how I, I would describe it. I don't know why. I think this was based on IMDb like user ratings, which... If you are on IMDb <laughs> rating individual episodes of Beyond Belief, fucking bless you. You are a hero. You deserve a, a hero's burial. Thank you for your service. Um, but 
this is a pretty generic one. Yeah. And actually, maybe I shouldn't be Googling best episode Beyond Believe. Maybe I should be looking for worst <laughs> episodes Beyond Believe. We would probably find those more amusing. Now that you mention it, I think that would be a better that strategy. That might have been my... That might have been a flaw in my plan right there. Mm-hmm. Because what we consider the best episodes of Beyond Belief <laughs> are the most ridiculous, which but maybe somehow, people who take this show seriously would consider those the worst. Somehow, last time that led us to fictional Buenos Dias Paris. <laughs> but this time it just, look, it's Beyond Belief, but... There's, there's no that, Elmo P. Middleton in this episode, <laughs> no, there's unfortunately. There's nothing that stands out as truly bizarre. Um... It's season four, episode 12, everyone. If you want to watch along. You can watch it on, I think it's on Tubi. It's also on YouTube. You could just Google that on YouTube. I watched it on YouTube. It's on FilmRise's YouTube channel. Yeah. And it aired August 29th, 2002. Mm-hmm. So the aughts are back. And here's <laughs> here's how. Also, if this is your first Beyond Belief episode you've watched, we're going to try and pronounce Jonathan Frakes' name correctly. But we probably won't. We probably won't because guess what? My tongue says the word Frank a lot more than it says the word Frake. Yeah. So it just, that happens. If and he also, didn't want to be called Frank, his parents shouldn't have given him that last <laughs> I already decided, and I usually don't spoil these, but I will right now, that the the coloring sheet for patrons for January is going to be Jonathan Frakes saying, actually, I don't mind when Liz and Samantha <laughs> pronounce my name. that be sure to sign up for our patreon at the five dollar level is jonathan frakes on cameo yeah but it's like three hundred dollars what <laughs> it's so he's bad. more expensive than bd wong yeah because he was on star trek okay but that's fair i've looked into <laughs> and i was like okay i can't do a three hundred dollar gig also i i would do it if i could like use it as an ad for our podcast but it's a, it's personal use personal so use only yeah you can't somehow trick him into like endorsing <laughs> your thing and then using that for advertising that actually of course would cost more than three hundred dollars to get his like seal of approval on this podcast maybe if we ask really nicely <laughs> Please. Be like, I swear we're not making any money off of this. We really, <laughs> we really aren't. Um, it supports itself. And we thank our patrons for that. But At most, we're going to buy a bag of cheesies. Yeah. It goes to some polar water sometimes. Yeah. The occasional pizza. I mean... <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. We're living a life deluxe. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so also, you may have noticed... If you're in our Facebook group, that B. Wong is now on Cameo. If you want to pay $100 for him to say, uh, hi, this is going out to Samantha? <laughs> Samantha, thanks for being a fan. Okay, bye, this is B. D. Wong. Then you can pay $100 for that. You can. I Look, I love B. D. Wong. I'm not sure if that's a good use of your $100. <laughs> Again, if we could use it for non-personal use and could... <laughs> Make it an ad for this podcast. I would drop a hundred dollars oh, in, in a, a heartbeat. hot second, but of course you can't. It's personal use only. So I would just—it's really just so I could get one that says like "Happy Birthday, Samantha," and then she could be like, "Thanks, Liz." Like <laughs> I don't know, it's a little pointless. But that squirrel, though, my favorite squirrel on Instagram is on Cameo. How much is that? I haven't looked into it, but <laughs> I feel like I would be surprised by how much a squirrel is getting. I feel like it's gonna be like. Forty dollars or something, and you're gonna be like, "It's a squirrel." <laughs> Calm down. 
Should I look up how yeah. much Thumbelina the squirrel costs yeah. on Cameo? My guess is $40. Okay. I'm going to guess, yeah, 50 or 60 maybe. That's so much. That it, for a squirrel, that is a lot. <laughs> All right. Um, it wants me to get the app. Why can't I just see it? Oh, that's stupid. Let me see if I can do it on my computer. Personal use, $39. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. For business? I don't even understand. I, somehow we were using the squirrel to like. <laughs> you spent two hundred and forty-five dollars. Forty-five. And Thumbelina will. I mean, she can't talk, so we couldn't use it really as an ad for this no! podcast. But that's very tempting. Look at this video though of her and little fake hair curlers. Oh, it's so adorable. Okay, if we wanted to get John, guess how much Jonathan Frakes is for business use? A thousand dollars. $5,000. We better start saving up. How many years would it take? $5,000 for Jonathan Frakes to be like, I have a favorite Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast, and it is. Perhaps it's you. Fact or fiction? Fact! I didn't make it up. It is my favorite. Oh, my God. We would yeah. make oh, We wow. can't afford it. We okay. can't afford Jonathan Frakes. I'm seeing it we could afford Thumbelina, time. but I'm not really sure how she would record an ad for our podcast, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that makes It's just no clicking sense. noises. Uh, BD Wong does not have a business use option. So. Yet. Yet. But it probably also will be thousands of probably. dollars. Probably. So... Damn. That dream just died. Okay, so we're talking about Beyond Belief, season four, episode 12. And if you've ever watched the show, you know there's a lot of optical illusions because things are not always as they seem. I can't believe there are this many optical illusions. <laughs> that each episode has a unique optical illusion. This we're Here we're about to witness an illusion known as the impossible fork. Which is that thing you might have doodled in your notebook while you were supposed to be listening in social studies class where it looks like the fork is going to have two tongs, but at the bottom is three or whatever. Who cares? If you look at the top, yeah, it looks like it should have more or less. I fucking don't remember. But then Jonathan Frakes says, you may just encounter an impossible fork in the road. (laughs) Oh, man. And now we get story one, which is called Witness to Murder. Which he introduces as saying, in these days of handhold video and digital (laughs) photography, there is still a fascination with the richness and art of good old film recording. And then I wrote, not anymore, buddy. (laughs) And then this is about if ghosts show up on film. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the story of Albert Wainwright, a ghost hunter, and it is narrated by a woman who's been working for him for three years. He is determined to prove, once and for all, that ghosts exist. They have been working at the old Malone estate for the past three weeks, which is the <laughs> longest. Like, every, like, ghost adventures or whatever, they just go for a night. Maybe, like, two. This is serious scientific study. <laughs> They're there for three weeks. There's, I wrote, a dude named Ron is also there, and there are rats in the walls. Those things are really not important. Okay. In this house, 40 years prior, Stephen Malone strangled his wife, Marsha, to death before hanging himself. Over the years, there have been sightings of their ghosts. 
Desperate to find a ghost, Westbert sends for renowned a renowned psychic. She like as soon as the psychic shows up, shit starts happening. So wait, wasn't she a hypnotist? Yeah, they say that at like the end. Because I was confused as to how a hypnotist is qualified to no, see she's, ghosts. Uh, she's a psychic, but then at like the very end, Jonathan's Franks was like, it turns out she was also a hypnotist. Oh. Did she hypnotize everyone? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Is that how they're going to say this was real? Maybe. They don't actually tell you how things are real, so... That's true. They don't cite their sources. It's one of the more frustrating aspects of this show. Okay. So she says that the house is a PowerPoint, and then she immediately is seeing ghosts everywhere. A PowerPoint? Like, like your your boring presentation to your social studies class? She's going to give a presentation (laughs) on how there's a ghost in this guy. Can you imagine if a kid got up and was like, and my presentation is, there's a ghost in my house. (laughs) I absolutely gave, I'm pretty sure it was a PowerPoint dissertation to my communications class about the X-Files. Nice. So everybody that was in that class, you're welcome. I did intensive research on my subject. I gave a, a presentation. I don't think it was a PowerPoint, though, but to a Spanish class on El Chupacabra. Uh, <laughs> I think it was supposed to be a book report, maybe. I don't remember. And look, look where we are. You had to speak Spanish. I know. Look where we are today. These are the roots that led us down this road. Indeed. That metaphor made no sense. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's see. Wait, ghosts, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's a PowerPoint. We see uh, the psychic sees a man with a rope and she hears a woman running in high heels, stuff like that. Everyone then sees ghosts fighting on the stairs. And the spirit <laughs> of the murderer dude is very angry about being filmed and he's telling them to not to stop filming them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he doesn't like it he somehow knows what a camera is but it was also like really against it i guess it's only 40 years prior this is when they're filming the ghost on the stairs and yeah. the psychic slash hypnotist is making a lot of moaning noises i don't remember that. <laughs> okay this is the point in the episode where i texted you and i said if i closed my eyes right now i would get and i didn't know what i was watching i would guess this was a, a they were filming a bad porn Huh. Is truly what it sounded like. There is a moment where someone says, he's choking her. And, I mean, that could also be a point. <laughs> Maybe it's just a little kinky. But usually nobody has to, like, okay. shout it. Usually yeah. it's <laughs> porno. No one is just walking by saying what's happening. <laughs> he's choking her. Look, I didn't say a good porn. You know what? You're right. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> From Samantha's porn hub searches, which is <laughs> obnoxious standard by says what's happening. <laughs> Narrates the whole thing. Yeah, with narr- detailed narration. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Where was I? Okay, so the ghost didn't want to be filmed. Too bad. He was. <laughs> so the film is sent to an overnight lab for development, and they said they were going to hold their press conference the very next day with their findings. And I would say that that's really not realistic, <laughs> except that we've seen Unsolved Mysteries where people think they got photos of UFOs and schedule a press conference without having seen the photos. <laughs> so I guess actually it's pretty realistic. I just wrote, Ron is wearing the worst shirt I ever saw. Honestly, don't remember it. It was don't some sort remember. of blue button-up. Hmm. It probably had a terrible pattern anyway. However, Dr. Wainwright never got to leave. When the rest of the staff is leaving the house, they find him dead in his car. Oh, no. Strangled to death with the, the film. film. <laughs> Could you even strangle someone with film? 
every so i mean maybe with ghost hands but okay <laughs> wouldn't it break with human hands i feel like it'd be really hard to pull on yeah and uh, yeah i would probably just break i don't know that you could we i've could never handled film like like video film re- but i've seen sure. film from a camera and you could definitely not strangle someone with that no i don't just r- immediately rip that's well maybe it's gonna be false fiction this this seems like fiction to me okay his death remains a mystery was it a ghost i wrote why was ron even part of this story he doesn't (laughs) literally doesn't do anything he's just like the love interest of the narrator but if he wasn't there everything would be exactly the same yeah and then yeah jonathan franks is like oh by the way extra information we didn't include in the story whatsoever is that the psychic is also a hypnotist maybe she hypnotized everyone but how does that explain the death it doesn't. Was this a case of group hypnosis? Okay. What and the film your... was damaged, right? So they couldn't actually show it. My yeah. immediate response was like, if they got this ghost on film, fucking show us the receipts. Show us the <laughs> film. <laughs> no, because it's a murder weapon that probably got destroyed. Right. So that's very convenient. I think, well, this is a hard one. Are they going to hand wave it away by the, the the fact that the hypnosis thing was thrown in there at the end makes me think they're going to mm. say it was fact. That's a really good point. Because otherwise it makes no sense. Okay, I'm going to say that too. I'm going to say yeah. they're going to say this is fact. Right, and the fact that there's no there's conveniently no film to actually show us. Well, there can't be. It's ruined by ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Samantha, you're up next with the roulette wheel. The roulette wheel. <laughs> this actually... This one kind of made worth it watching this worthwhile because it's, it's. This is the most straightforward story, but (laughs) there's an element of it that's so (laughs) random and weird that I honestly cannot. So Jonathan Frakes opens up this segment by saying most gamblers know that they are prisoners to the whims of fortune. I wrote that down too. I was like, they do? I guess it's, it's, it's such a, so dramatic. It's such a like fortune cookie phrasing. Prisoners to the whims of fortune. Or like a, a 90s romance novel. Okay, can you help me understand this next one? Yeah. He says that Jimmy Welsh has an unfortunate name for a gambler and the bad luck to go with it. Okay, so like, I don't. Jimmy Welsh. I put the captions on. That's his name. What does that mean? Oh, I thought it was Welch. Is it Welch? I thought it was Welsh. I think it's like he doesn't. Okay. Okay. Jimmy Welf? <laughs> Why is his name unfortunate for a gambler? What does it mean? Okay. Welsh means fail to honor a debt. Okay. So you wouldn't want a gambler to have that name because he's not going to pay up. Got it. See, I did Google it and that didn't come up for me. Okay. It's, I'll have you know, it's verb often offensive. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're going to be not? canceled. We're canceled. We said Welsh. Oh, no. Ah! Oh, no. Okay. So it is Welsh. And yeah, okay. Maybe that's a pejorative. I apologize. Jonathan Frank said it. I'm just repeating it. We apologize to all those people out there that don't pay their bills. <laughs> so, um, uh, okay, so we open the segment, and Jimmy is, is narrating. He calls himself a, a regular at the Royale Casino in Reno, Nevada. It was one of the... Okay, this is not a casino in Reno. <laughs> this is clearly a boat, isn't it? The <laughs> ceilings are so low. I mean, it's... Yeah, it looks weird. It does... This is not a, This is not a casino in Reno, and I don't even think it's a casino on land. <laughs> 
<laughs> because looks, the room is very small. It's extremely small. I don't really understand Unless the it's set. Like an illegal casino in the back of like a bingo hall or something. <laughs> I mean, he does call it basically rundown and old. So Even maybe it so. is the back of a bingo hall. Even so, I, I just the ceiling height to me is a real like no. This is a this is a riverboat casino somewhere. <laughs> just a floating. Yeah, I mm, shanty. Okay. Mm. Um. So he loves gambling, despite the fact that he never wins. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a permanent loser. He he seems like he's very unlucky and basically absolutely never wins. Um, but he is addicted to gambling, which is is a very serious issue. Um, but he not portrayed seriously here. Absolutely, it is not. Um, so he's at the roulette table, and he he drops four hundred dollars at the roulette table and loses all of it. Um, in the bathroom, in between gambling, this is where this is where it all goes down. He's in the bathroom. He's looking in the mirror, kind of reflecting on his life and how he's addicted to gambling, and it's such a big problem for him. Whatever, whatever. He's washing his hands as he's doing this, and he goes over to the the hand air dryer, and it zaps him. Zap. There's a little current of electricity comes out of the hairdryer and zaps him in the hand. And he's fine, a little annoyed, but uh, but fine. Uh, presumably his hands don't get dry, which is annoying. Um, and then he goes back out in, at the bar. Uh, he At this point, he's he's lost $400. He's pretty much ready to go home. He's going to get a, a drink, maybe something to eat, and then he's he's done for the night. Um, also, it's clearly day. Yeah. <laughs> That's another reason I don't think this is a Reno casino is that it seems like daylight is getting in and it seems very light it's not a good set it's, it's not convincing not whatsoever atmosphere at all where they don't want you to know if it's like you know how like casinos don't have clocks they don't want you to know how much time has passed right like, they don't want you to see the, the sun is like clearly the middle of the day yeah it's not it's not a great set uh they maybe spent 20 dollars on it in total <laughs> so he's at the bar and he, since he's a regular he's chatting with the waitress he knows her and he challenges her to a coin flip, which I don't really understand, like, the outcome of this. It makes The show makes it sound like if he wins the coin flip, then he doesn't have to pay his bill. Yeah, and she agrees like, to it. Yeah. Which I don't know is something you can no. do as a waitress, but... I don't... Actually, I think there's... probably People probably make that offer to her every single day, and she says absolutely not. <laughs> no. But she, in this, in this instance, accepts. He flips the coin and is surprised to win. The coin flip. It's apparently the first time he's ever won anything in his whole life. Yes. Despite going to this casino every single week. And she says, maybe your luck is changing and walks away. And at which point he flips it again and he gets it right. And then he flips it again like 10 more times. And each time he wins. Oh, 26 more times, actually. I wrote it down. And each time he wins every single one, which statistically is unlikely. Um, and he says, for the first time in my life, I was in control. No, you're not. Because he would... So what would happen is he'd flip the coin, he'd call it, and then it would be correct. So he feels like he's influencing the outcome of the coin flip. So that's why he feels in control. Okay. So now he decides not to go home after all. Instead, he goes back to the roulette table. He takes out this gross $10 bill that's in the bottom of his (laughs) shoe and is all sweaty and smelly. (laughs) He keeps an emergency $10 bill in his shoe, and he's never spent it. Um, This is actually a good plan. But he shouldn't. Uh, Except it would, wouldn't it bother you to have a ten dollar bill in your in your sock or whatever? 
poking you all the time? I forgot if it was in my shoe, not my sock. I guess that's true. So he pulls out his emergency $10 bill from his shoe and he tries to will the winning numbers. Um, I forget what number he guesses, but it is it is the winning number and he wins for the first time in his life. And so he sits down and he proceeds to call win winning number after winning number after winning number. And then we see his wins just keep progressing. He wins $200,000. He wins $500,000. Pretty soon he wins $100,000. And at this point, you have to wonder why the security isn't questioning him in a back room. Or why he doesn't go home. But I, he has a gambling problem. This so. is yeah. This is why he has a gambling problem, and he's always thinking like, "Oh, I can." And at this point, oh, I can, I can go one more. I can go one more. I can pay back all of my debts to the casino. But also, yeah, casinos are sort of um, above the law. So if you just suddenly started winning every time like this, they would absolutely they wouldn't let you get up to. They would absolutely take you to a back room a and mil- <laughs> beat you with a phone book or whatever they do now he's winning every single every single time they would think he was in cahoots with the dealer yes you'd be taken to separate rooms you'd be waterboarded yeah this was not this was is not how this would go down but he in total he tops out at half a million dollars (laughs) at which point he has to pee he's been sitting there for a while he goes back to the bathroom Washes his hands, as you should do. Yeah, I appreciate this guy's hygiene, I'll say. Goes back to the hair, the hand dryer. It zaps him again. He he even doesn't go to the oh, same that's right. one. He's like, uh-uh-uh. He goes to a different one. I forgot about that point. And it still zaps him. It still zaps him. him. So there's just magic hand dryers in this place. <laughs> in this riverboat casino. So instead of doing the smart thing, which is cash in your chips, take your half a million dollars and get the fuck out of there before they come after you, uh, he decides to bet all of it on one more roll. And his luck has changed. He loses all of it. Or wait, does he bet half of it and then he keeps trying and keeps trying and keeps trying until it's all gone? I honestly don't remember. I it think was a week ago that I watched this. He keeps doing it and loses it all. Either way, he loses every last bit of it. Um, yeah, his luck seems to have changed again. Um, Due to hand dryers. <laughs> Rob- Jonathan Frakes says, did the electric shock he received from the dryer give him some sort of psychokinetic energy and then take it away again? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did it? Did it? Did it? Fact? Fiction? There's no fucking way this is fact. Okay, here are things that I wrote down. Um, has Samantha ever played roulette? No. Yeah, me neither. Um, there was a point where two casino employees were talking about how that guy comes in. He, oh, he comes in here every week and loses $400. And I was like, that's nothing to you. Yeah, no. This is supposed to be Reno. This guy comes in and loses a whole four. Like, yeah, is that a ton of money? Yes. Is that a ton of money to a casino? No. 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 That's unremarkable. I also wrote down, a casino where everyone knows your name seems great. (laughs) I'm very into that. I love a casino. And I said, I will now be looking everywhere for a magical hand dryer. Yeah, if a magical... Okay, folks, if you get zapped in a bathroom by a hand dryer... First of all, I, ho- I hope you survive that encounter. <laughs> Second of all, go get a lottery ticket. Yeah, Before, try don't, it out. Don't go back in there and get zapped again. No. Never go back to that same bathroom. No. No, never. Or your luck is going to get, get changed. <laughs> it's get taken away. Um, I feel like I would do much better in this scenario because I, as much as I like a casino, I'm not a gambler at all. 
So I would have been, I would have won like like a thousand dollars, and I would have been like, "All right, good night." <laughs> Absolutely, I do not like casinos at all. Uh, <laughs> I do not like gambling. I really don't. I don't even get lottery tickets. Like I'm just that's just the antithesis of my personality. So I wouldn't even really even be in this situation. But maybe I need to go around to casinos bathrooms and try and get zapped. I mean, I love the like decor. I love that they never close and that you can get food at any time. I mean, I got married in a casino. I'm fond of them, but I don't have a gambler's personality. Mm-hmm. I'm um, thrifty, so yeah, same. <laughs> it's not for. It's not for me. I won like. A whole $27 at Blackjack on my wedding night. And I was like, all right, That's better it. cash out before I'm down. <laughs> I was like, well, that will probably won't happen again. <laughs> okay, it's time for me again. Story number three is called The Phrenologist's Head. Okay, so before we get into this, are phrenology heads cool looking? Yes. They're also incredibly racist. Yeah. And this is acting like... When they talk about phrenology heads in this segment, they're, like, not talking about them right. No. <laughs> they're talking about, they're like, they're acting like it's, like, astrology, and it was supposed to be, like, different parts of your personality, and it was actually, like, a racist way of, like, deciding what people were like based on the shape of their head. Yes. It's not, like, a whimsical, like, fun thing. No. Like, would I like a bunch of phrenology heads to store wigs on? Like, yeah, that would look pretty bitchin', but <laughs> they're actually very creepy and terrible. Okay. So, I just wrote, oh, good, we're talking about phrenology now. (laughs) And that Jonathan Frakes compares it to brain scans, saying it's, like, the brain scans of the past. And I was like, that's not similar at all. (laughs) It wasn't supposed to be about your brain. It was literally about the shape of your head Mm -hmm. and, like, how that meant you, like, weren't smart or whatever. Mm -hmm. All these, it's it's bad. Jonathan Frakes, it's bad. Yeah. But I think they wanted to sidestep around that for Mm -hmm. this segment. This is a story of Dr. Cullen, who's been a doctor for 12 years, which is odd because he seems much older. (laughs) He must have gotten into the profession late. Okay. So look, he loves his work, blah, blah, blah. He has to tell a woman named Martha that she has a serious brain tumor and that she needs an operation that only has a 50% chance of survival. God. And she's like, I'm going to do it. I want to see my grandbabies grow up or whatever. Or maybe it was her children, because she's actually pretty young. Because Dr. Colin is haunted by the fact that this has happened to someone so young, and it's, I don't know, a type of cancer you would expect to see in someone old. This is all made up, so I'm <laughs> sure the medical information is not correct. He's so caught up in these thoughts that he forgets to meet his wife, Annette, for dinner or something. And she has a present for him. She comes to his office when he fails to show up, and she's also, like, not pissed at all, which is weird. <laughs> And she gives him his present, and it's an antique phrenology head. And it comes with a guide that tells you what the different regions of the skull mean. And then, for some reason, they decide to take it, like, one step (laughs) further into ridiculous land. And they say that it once belonged to Sigmund Freud. Himself. And I was like, this was just an antique? That would be in a museum. (laughs) She supposedly found it at a thrift store. That she's just, like, walking by and she saw it in the window of a shop and it, like, came with authentication that it was from Sigmund Freud himself. Yeah. All right, lady. (laughs) I was like, you should deal with the fact that your wife is a liar. (laughs) Okay. But he is still worried about Martha. So he he is looking at the phrenology head before the surgery. Okay. What happens is he keeps looking at the phrenology head and there'd be a black smudge on this one part of it. 
Right. His wife rubs it off and he jokes that that could have been Sigmund Freud's fingerprint. Yeah, no one has touched it since. That's how stuff works. And then he wipes it away. And it just keeps reappearing, this, like, black smudge. And it appears again before he's supposed to go into surgery for Martha's brain. And he goes, why does it keep appearing on Section 11? So he pulls up the guide that came with the phrenology head to look up what Section 11 of your skull is supposed to mean. And instead of being, like, you're a dirty Italian who shouldn't be allowed to vote or whatever phrenology head actually said, it says cautiousness, mm. which is not how they worked. No. It was not about like stuff like that. Okay. Anyway, whatever. It was like palm reading Liz. You know, you have a love line. Yeah. They're trying. Yes, you're right. They're trying to make it more like that and not like Nefarious. this person is beneath me in every way. Um, so anyway, supposedly that part of the head means cautiousness. Mm. And it's in the same spot as the tumor in Martha's brain. Oh, what does it mean? So he decides that he should be cautious and recheck the MRIs. And guess what? There was a mix-up. Her MRI was swapped with another patient with a similar name. Okay, this is played off like a happy ending, which I guess it is for Martha. But someone still has a deadly brain tumor. <laughs> yeah, someone, I don't someone old that we're, we haven't met and we don't care. Oh, because they're old. I mean, they're practically going to die anyway. So yeah, who exactly. cares that they have a deadly brain tumor? This is so grim and horrible. Samantha, next you're going to tell me that if an old person dies of COVID, you count that as a COVID death. Um, They were going to die anyway. <laughs> That's basically what this feels like. It's almost as if every person is eventually going to die. Yeah, it's almost like we shouldn't just say, just dismiss old people. Next, you're going to tell me you think of them as human. Wow, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> You've learned nothing from the phrenology heads. Okay. Don't worry, she's not going to die. She's this guy's going to die. Some other person we haven't met and therefore don't care about <laughs> is on death's door. And since they're probably older, they probably won't survive the surgery. So this is made up. They could have the the mix up could have been something different. It could have been a smudge on the MRI. Yeah, actually, that used to happen. I don't know if people like they would literally just be like fingerprints on X rays, and they'd be like, "Whoops, there's nothing in your lung." That Instead, was... it's medical malpractice, and someone is still dying of a horrible brain tumor. <laughs> yeah, she takes this news very well. I mean, I guess as you would, you don't you don't have a brain tumor, you don't need surgery. But she also doesn't go, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> get this I'm place gonna in sue order. you. Get this place in order. Why are you mixing up people's MRIs? And then just being like, ho, 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 hilarious. <laughs> and then I just have in all caps, how do you explain the smudge? <laughs> how? It never appears again. Yeah, so think about that. Think about it. Think about that. Was it Freud himself reaching through the beyond to... Be, yeah, be caught. Tell you to be cautious, even though he wasn't a brain surgeon. Is there? This is such a random question. You probably can't just like answer off the top of your head. But is there something from like a TV show or movie that you quote that you're sure like no one else ever quotes <laughs> that just like stands out to you alone? I'm sure there is, but I can't think of anything. Yeah, on top of my I've head. seen. Do you? I've seen people ask that on Twitter, and I've never been able to. Th- and I'm sure I have many. I'm sure between like yeah, my husband and I, just we... like inside jokes. But the one that just popped into my head is from the reality show Tool Academy, okay. where a woman once, like, in a sort of fake reality show fight way, went blog about that bitch. <laughs> 
and that's something that I say to Mac a lot. Blog about that, bitch. I'm going to put some thought to it, and maybe our next episode I'll come with some okay, just out of context random quotes that, that I say. That, that probably over 10 years ago, a woman named Genovesia said on Tool Academy. <laughs> but I feel like that is the, <laughs> the same tone for... How do you explain the smudge? <laughs> Talk about that, bitch. I mean, I do frequently say, Grandpa's dead, which isn't even a quote from the show. but It's from our own podcast, yeah. I guess. Okay, you now have a story about infrastructure for us. Okay, is there a version of this story in every episode of Beyond Believe? This seems so... This was like out of a generator. You could make a bot that watches every episode of Beyond Belief and then, like, generates a story, and it would be this. Can someone make that bot? (laughs) Because I want to read it. I want to read the story that it makes. The Beyond Belief bot? I wish I could code, because that would be amazing, but I cannot. (laughs) It would be like, a a bird saves a woman from flying away in a plane that has no pilot. (laughs) Oh my god, you're so right. Fact or fiction? In a world of optical illusions... (laughs) A boy was warned by a message on a stone not to enter a cave. He didn't, and the cave collapsed. Yes, that's what it sounds like. Fact or fiction? Like, you could just put this into a generator and come up with a story. So this is the bridge. And yes, Liz is correct. This is about our failing infrastructure. (laughs) Mothman tried to warn us, and we have not taken his messages seriously enough. This This is the consequence of that. So Jonathan Frakes walks out to stand in front of a table full of what we're told is hiking gear. There's, he holds up an axe. Like, that's a normal thing you would take on just a stroll through the woods. I do think hiking is kind of funny because, for the most part, it's walking. It's just walking in the woods. <laughs> it's just yeah. walking. Calm down. Jonathan Frakes is making it sound like it's, like, mountain climbing, though. <laughs> Like, there is a Maybe spectrum he- <laughs> of going on a hike where he like, goes hiking like it's really, there's no trail. I'm not climbing Mount Everest. I'm just going to walk through the woods down. by my house. He's hacking down the brush. <laughs> he has a machete in each hand. He says not that hiking is not just the pursuit of Boy Scouts and hardy mountain men types anymore. Is like... Hiking can just be walking through the woods on a trail. I don't understand. Apparently, there was a point in the 90s where we were like, wait, people want to walk outside? And that was like new information. The point, which has absolutely nothing to do with the story whatsoever, is that companies are coming up with like gear that you can buy. And so you too can hike. Entire stores are devoted to hiking. He can't believe it. It's big business these days. And I think this is why I wrote down even weaklings like me can go hiking (laughs) thanks to capitalism. (laughs) I wrote these notes a week ago. I was looking through them before we started recording. Like, and I'm like, that? I don't remember this at all. But yes, that has nothing to do with the story. But look, the world has gone topsy turvy. Women are outside. <laughs> now your uterus won't fall out if you step foot on a trail. Okay, but wasn't it only until like the late 70s women were even allowed to run a marathon because they were afraid your uterus would just fall out of you? Honestly, that a sounds right. That had never happened ever. <laughs> People were like, I don't know that the female body can handle running. Oh my God. Yes, I believe that is true. I mean, the 70s, a woman couldn't have her own bank account, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. Card. Yeah, a credit card in her name. Couldn't do most sports because, again, uterus her uterus might where break. were these people that thought <laughs> that you had no pelvic floor 
would just drop out. That just like I think also just like your they thought just your organs would fall out. Again, a thing that had never happened ever. <laughs> like a woman is like running to the finish line. <laughs> like, oh no, my <laughs> kidney. She leaves a trail of organs behind. Oh my god. <laughs> I can see why people didn't want that to happen. Sounds like a nightmare. But, <laughs> but it has n- had never happened. It had never happened and never will. <laughs> so funny. So, yeah, times are a change and this woman in the story is going to go on a hike. And thanks <laughs> to capitalism, not, she can't. not allowed. <laughs> no. So Jonathan Frakes says it is always safer to hike in groups, but sometimes a solitary walk in the woods is just what the soul needs. So wise. Trisha is going forest bathing. (laughs) Before that was a thing. Okay, what was that thing that was briefly, people got really into like, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, mom and dad, I didn't make up this trend, but it was like that you would literally show your asshole to the (laughs) sun. You know what I'm talking about? But was that real or was that just a meme? Okay, people really did it. Okay. I don't know that they were supposed to, but it would still like wake you up or something. But then everybody kept getting horrible sunburns. So I think they're assholes. So I think they stopped. You're not supposed to do it very long. Well, also, your asshole is, I mean, most people's assholes have never seen the sun. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole phrase about it. Yeah. yeah. That's um, so funny. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Does that have a name? I'm sure it does, but I don't know what it is. Asshole sunbathing? Uh, it's probably not what it is. <laughs> I don't... I, that was is like that a, a thing I should put into my Google algorithm? I think it was like a goop suggestion. What was that trend <laughs> where you show your <laughs> asshole <laughs> to the sun? I literally am typing this into Google. <laughs> I didn't make it up. I just want to. Okay, say. I'm sorry. I have to say this. It's perineum sunning. Okay. See, I didn't make it up. And health.com. Oh my God. This cannot be. No. Okay. The- <laughs> <laughs> it's an ancient practice. Uh huh. Yeah. The the something about the gate of life and death. <laughs> sure. This does not sound. <laughs> health.com. It knows. Influencers are sunbathing their buttholes as the new wellness trend. Yep. That's a thing that is on that I searched now. This is why you need to clear my my internet history the moment I dis- I leave okay, this well, earthly plane. It'll also be on this podcast forever. You're, You're right. doomed. You're, You're right. doomed. Oh my god. So anyway, I She's probably in going, a mere 30 seconds of sunlight on your butthole, you will receive more energy than you would in an entire day being outside with your clothes on. I'll have you know. <laughs> okay. So I assume that's what she was going into the woods to do. Because I, I can't just like walk into my front yard and do that. <laughs> I mean, physically you can. I will get arrested. <laughs> Officer, I'm I'm sunning my perineum. I'm going to get more energy in 30 seconds than you will in a whole day. <laughs> it's like, tell it to the judge, ma'am. <laughs> Cut to Liz being pepper sprayed yeah. on her front lawn. Naked over. from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe she was going out there to sun her perineum. I don't know. Oh my god! Oh my god! 
Oh yeah, because we, I mentioned Forrest Bailey. Oh yeah, that's what it made me think. Remember that other woo-woo thing where you showed your butthole to, to the, the sun, sun, and the sun goes, "I didn't want to see that." <laughs> no thanks. I'm gonna burn you now. Why is your butthole taking so much more energy than the rest of your skin? <laughs> no. Does it have special powers? Like that would not be true because it wouldn't happen very often. <laughs> it's not natural to cover your butthole with fabric. That's why. I guess, but still. Okay, so true. <laughs> Help me. I will never recover from this conversation. <laughs> Trisha Cober is about to go for a hike. To get in touch with nature. I mean, we does it doesn't say what she's gonna do to get in touch I think with we nature, all but know what that means. <laughs> I think we can all guess. So, <laughs> Jonathan Franks does say that she's about to get in touch with much, much more. <laughs> well, there you go. She's gonna get that energy. That does sound a little sexy. I don't know. Okay, every chance... It's that or she's going to bang a Bigfoot. Well, maybe. Oh, that would She's getting terrible. in touch with nature. Oh, God, it would. Yeah, no, thank you. Don't they smell like sulfur? Isn't that what we... <laughs> we did what did fear, they say yeah. in the wood ape? Yeah. That they they smelled sulfur when they saw... When Bigfoot was nearby, when they were near the nutcracking station? <laughs> We've really talked about a lot of things over the years. That would be something that I, uh, a phrase from a show I've watched that I could oh, say out yeah, of context and no true. one would understand it. You're talking about the nut, the nut cracking station. We were like, and you're like, you've never seen that one low file. Take him to the nut cracking station. People are like, no, I've never seen that episode of the low files. Samantha. They would say, what is the low files? Fair enough. The classic television program where Rob Lowe and his sons go find a Bigfoot. There's like six episodes. It's great. Someone almost shoots Rob Lowe. <laughs> that would have been quite an end to his career. <laughs> Shot by Bigfoot. Shot by members of the, the Wood Ape Society. <laughs> Rob Lowe, star of The West Wing and minor character in The Outsiders, dies today after being shot by a Bigfoot enthusiast in the woods. Oh my god. Okay, so yeah, she's about to get in touch with much, much more. Every, so every chance Tr- Trisha got, she would grab her backpack and take off for the woods. And we know why. <laughs> we know why. This hike was nothing unusual at the beginning. Uh, through the weather reports that, oh, though the weather reports that morning called for fair skies, the barometer was falling fast as Trisha was starting her hike. She's running out of time for her perineum sunning. <laughs> The clouds are coming in. <laughs> so She's got to get that energy. Uh, she was always taught to respect Mother Nature, which I don't know why they say that, because she clearly doesn't in this case. <laughs> the thing to do at this point would be turn back around, but instead she continues her hike, including going over the sketchy bridge. I think this is the bridge, Samantha, doesn't know what I'm talking about, but from Temple of Doom. I, it's got It's so long and rickety. There can only be so many, like, long, rickety bridges in the Los Angeles area. Yeah, this is, like, something out of a cartoon. Yeah, it's pretty silly. I would not go on this bridge, I don't think. So as she's approaching this bridge... Samantha, would you go on this bridge? Absolutely not. I probably wouldn't... I wouldn't be in these woods to begin with, but... 
So you say. Well, I need to sun my perineum, I might. <laughs> Actually, you have plenty of space to do that out by you. <laughs> there are, I do have neighbors. <laughs> what, is, what is Samantha doing? <laughs> You're doing, like, nude yoga outside. I'm, you, I'm absorbing more energy than you do in an entire day. In 30 seconds, I'll have you know. I don't know. So she's approaching this bridge and the air shifts subtly, which if she was respecting Mother Nature, she would probably not go over the rickety bridge over a raging river, but... It's probably full of alligators if Temple of Doom is to be believed. Probably. So she even says that the bridge looks sketchy, but it was the only way to the other side. So she decided to go for it. Can't she just go back the way she came? Seems like she probably could. Why does she have to go to the other side? I don't know. She's a chicken? She's late for her Bigfoot hookup. <laughs> oh, okay. Finally, <laughs> some sense. She gets on the bridge and says that a powerful force took a hold of her. She didn't feel safe. Um, she lost the ability to Turn take charge of the situation. Around. Well, she's... At, okay, at this point, she's in the middle of the bridge and she's panicking. Um, she says... Uh, the bridge took on a life of its own. She felt dizzy and weak. Her legs made, felt like they were made of rubber. She says all the warning signs were telling her to run to safety. Um, but she needed to walk slowly to get off the bridge for fear that, like, she would, I don't know, fall through or something. Yeah, well, also, maybe she could stop walking in a really exaggerated zigzag fashion. <laughs> that might help. That's, the wind was blowing, Liz. Uh-huh. It was blowing harder and swaying the bridge. Mm-hmm. So she's starting to panic. She's unable to move because she's so panicked when a woman in a white dress appeared. The white dress turns out to be a nurse's uniform and she appears out of nowhere. The name on her name tag was Margaret Lang. The woman tells her to stay calm, but to get off the bridge right away. You know when people mysteriously appeared off you help, they're wearing name tags. <laughs> and a nurse's uniform in the middle of the woods in a storm. Mm-hmm. Very normal. So something about the woman gave Trisha the courage to move again. But as soon as she got off the bridge, it instantly collapsed, taking the woman with it. Oh, no. Um, so then we skip ahead. And Trisha, I think she was stranded on the other side of the river. She did get rescued, though. We don't see that. It all happens off camera. We skip to where she is having a tearful reunion with her parents. And there's a police officer there. And the officer says that they found no signs of the nurse. Trisha tells her parents about the nurse and her name, and they reveal to her at that moment that she was adopted and that Margaret Lang was the name of her birth mother who was a registered nurse and died in a plane crash. What a busy day. Yeah. That was a whirlwind ending to that segment. You can also tell your children they're adopted. It's really okay. You can. It's... It's, there's a little factoid from me. You don't have to wait till they almost die in a bridge disaster. And then tell them in a parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's the really the ghost right. they saw on they'll a bridge know, was their birth mother. They'll know you still love them. Yeah. That's me, a parental expert <laughs> with no children. Do you think that one was fact or fiction? Oh, I think they're going to say that one's fact, actually. I do, too. It's so formulaic that I think they're going to say it's fact. What if, I don't know that we ever decided if we set the phrenology head was going to be fact or fiction. Oh my god. That better be fucking fiction. That better be fiction. <sighs> but medical Sigmund mistakes happen Freud. all the time, Liz. Sigmund Freud. Okay, yeah. It, I mean, it better be fiction. I usually say but that you know about what? most of these. You know what? They're probably going to say that one's true. <coughs> okay. See, I'm conflicted on a lot of these. I think they're going to say they're true. 
Maybe you think true for all of them. I don't know. That statistically seems unlikely. <laughs> okay, so the cigar box is the last one. Oh, okay. And once again, Jonathan Frakes tells us, you never know what items you might find at a garage sale or swap meet. Tell me about it. <laughs> That's my life. Okay. Focusing on a cigar box full of mementos, he says, who knows why people save certain things? And I wrote, um, the people who saved them do. <laughs> It's not actually a mystery. They had sentimental meanings to them. It's not like... Who's to say <laughs> why people do what they do? Everyone is deranged. Okay. Um, it'll turn out to be an experience that they won't swap for anything. Oh. This is the story of Aggie, who goes to a swap meet with her daughter, Heather. Uh, These literally arrive and then heather's like i'm late for work we have to go or i'm sorry aggie is and i was like wow this is really bad planning (laughs) why did you take your daughter here to like turn around and immediately leave makes no sense barely looking at anything at which point a cigar box starts rattling and heather points it out and aggie opens it and says she doesn't see anything that would make it vibrate Except that there was a wind-up robot toy in there, which literally would do that. So that makes absolutely no sense. Also, I literally have that exact same robot. It's not old. This whole thing is a scam. Okay. Do you keep it in a cigar box and every once in a while it rattles the box? No, but maybe I will now. Hmm. Okay. So Aggie says that she is now officially late for work. It's like, you are bad at this. You are bad planner. But... Um, She will buy the cigar box for $1, basically just to shut her daughter up. So they go to the diner where Aggie works as a server, and Heather is there sitting at the counter with the cigar box when an old man comes in who is a regular customer. And he is actually the owner of the box, and after a really long-winded explanation about how it wasn't supposed to be sold and, like, blah, 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 he actually just wants one thing back from the box. And this is where my heart died a little because it's a fucking purple heart yes his metal his war metal was in the box yes i really wrote down it's a fucking purple heart oh my god and he literally says quote i got this fighting nazis in the second world war (laughs) okay all right and i think he talks a little bit about the war or something and then heather tells him that sometimes the box vibrates and he said, really? Maybe it was the purple heart. Hearts do beat, you know. His heart was in the box. And I literally wrote down, kill me. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it's just so sappy and re- I, I can't handle it. Yeah. Okay, so then um, the diner is closed and Aggie and Heather are walking home. And they pass an ambulance on their way home. And they learn that the, that, that old man who came into the diner is died. And when they're saying, oh, no, we just saw him hours ago, the paramedic, who is, like, super loose-lipped. And telling, I was going to say, does this, could this ha- even happen? <laughs> he's, like, telling everybody everybody's business. It's horrible gossip. He's been, that, that he's been dead for at least two days. But he tells them their, his name. <laughs> yeah, he's given, like, oh, you want to know his whole medical history? Here you go. He just, like, hands over his file. <laughs> Um, so he couldn't have come into the diner, Samantha. Right. And in fact, he died holding his purple heart in his hand. Did a zombie visit them? Yeah. My conspiracy theory, Aggie killed him. (laughs) (laughs) We all have to come up with a motive, though. 
She uh, wanted that. She wanted that cigar box. Bad tipper. Oh. He he was a right. He was coming in every day, and he's an old man, so he was leaving like ten cents, and he thought that was a lot. He left, and here's here's your nickel. Yeah. He was like, "Don't spend it all in one place," and he said that every day, and she eventually <laughs> snapped <laughs> and killed him. That's my theory. Okay, so the box never vibrates again, and it did not. <laughs> every time I say it's like. Does it have a vibrator in it? <laughs> Why do we keep saying the word vibrate? I resisted the urge to make that joke. Uh, it's not even a joke. It's just... Why do you keep saying that word? <laughs> in a non-sex toy context. It's odd. It's odd. But anyway, Aggie finds out that the baseball cards that were in the cigar box are worth $50,000. That is the most unrealistic part of the story. Which means now Heather can go to college or something. Fiction. Yeah. It is weird that anyone ever cared about baseball cards. Yes. A thing is. that are worthless now. But they were like beanie babies for dudes, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's like crypto or Cole's <laughs> cash. Or... <laughs> they know, you're right. They're like beanie babies for dudes. Yeah, they were going to be they worth were, something they someday. Were Keep them box. in the, those little plastic protector I things. I think in the 80s and maybe part of the 90s, actually, people paid a lot of money for baseball cards for some reason. <laughs> and uh, we've tried to replicate that with many things. Yeah. Pogs, uh, <laughs> NFTs. I don't know. <laughs> okay, now is the best part where we get the to find reveal. Out. Oh, we we have to guess. Wait, okay, is that a last one? Fact or fiction? I'm Oof. God. See again. I want to say they could say this one was fact. I mean, they could say literally anything, and they will. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. And they can, and they will. Okay. okay, remind us what the first one was. Okay, yeah, let's go over whatever we think are fact or fiction. So the first one is the ghost on film. Okay, I'm gonna say fiction. Fiction for I agree. Okay, the the roulette wheel and the magic hand dryer. <laughs> I want them to say fact. Is that does that count? <laughs> I think they're gonna say fiction for that one. I think so too. That's just too why weird. it's really weird. I don't know why you would make up that story. Magic hand dryer. But maybe it's from like the Dyson hand dryer <laughs> association. I don't know. Okay, the phrenology head. I think, gonna gonna say it's, true. I think they're going to say it's true. I think they're going to say fact. I think they're going to say even though they don't even Medical know. Medical mix-ups happen all the time. They don't even know how phrenology heads work, but they're going to say that that's true. The bridge one. I think they're... Oh, God. I think they're going to say that one's fiction for some reason. I think they're going to say it's fact. It's so formulaic. That's why I think they're going to say it's fact. Oh, you might be right. Oh, God damn. <laughs> okay, we'll say that they're going to say that one's fact. What about the cigar box? <clears throat> Did Aggie kill him because he was bad <laughs> <laughs> fact fact okay okay let's go let's go let's go all let's right go. heckling close your eyes Keep shooting, Tar. Get it all. <laughs> <laughs> why is he talking that voice does he only have a sexy time voice this, Tara. Get it all. i don't like this <laughs> I don't like this at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's angry. He does not want you to be filming him. I mean, consent. Yeah. No! Oh, no! Oh, it took place in England, everyone. That's how you know it's fact. England happened. Let's take look at the roulette player who found he could control the wheel with his mind. Thanks to hand dryer. <laughs> Fiction. Is it possible that this story is true? Nope. 
Not this time. Yay! <laughs> no magic hand dryers. Damn. Why would you make that up, though? Saved a patient from dangerous and needless surgery. The map had nothing to do with science. It was based on old beliefs and superstitions. And racism. And emotion. Was this story based on a real happening? Yes. It happened uh, in the state of Florida in the night. No, it didn't! <laughs> In the state of Florida. In the 90s. It's so long ago, from 2002. <laughs> this looks so bad, everyone. Don't be afraid. Stay calm, I'll help you. I love how there's no wind sounds yeah. in this whatsoever. No. She really is just running this, the bridge in a zigzag. It's just like, just walk straight, you'll be fine. <laughs> There's no need for all this dramatics. By an actual event. Yes. It was inspired by an incident that took place in Texas in the late 60s. They're just making this up. What? They're just throwing darts at a map. I cite your sources. <laughs> the purple heart metal. How do you judge that? Sometimes the box finds <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was the purple heart. Oh my god. Hearts do beat, you know. Kill me. Nah, his heart isn't beaten. <laughs> Is this strange story based on fact? Yes. What? <laughs> They're just saying states and decades. They're... That makes it true. <laughs> Did you navigate the waters and the islands of truth tonight, Liz? Or is the voyage itself fraught with Pretty much oh right, right? I wish we could pay Jonathan Franks to say navigate the waters in the voyage of truth. Okay, if you want this it's show, you. you will send us five thousand dollars. <laughs> we can use Jonathan Franks to make an ad for us. Didn't he say someone sits on a pile of lies or something? Probably. That sounds like something he would say. Um, and he, <laughs> I feel defeated yeah we often feel this way after the reveal i don't know why we keep doing this it's so fun but then it takes a lot out of you when you go i don't while. remember other episodes just them saying states and decades I swear as they their proof just, that it's real i swear they used to just say fact or fiction with no explanation and i'm guessing that made people mad i mean that just saying this happened in texas in the 80s did, it's that's like, not a that's not a source that's yeah that's how you know it's real samantha texas isn't a big place the 80s was that 10 years not that long. <laughs> find out figure it out <laughs> go to the library do some research and figure Look it out through all the microfiche in texas and <laughs> yeah um wow okay so that brings this episode to a close i hope that everyone has a lovely holiday happy new year we'll see you on hey, the other side yeah, just hang in there everybody Goddamn. Um, we will be starting season, season seven. Seven. So look for that. I think it's January 13th. I think that's what we were shooting for. Yep. Is when we will be starting season seven. And that will also be the day that you can start ordering the second zine. Ooh, look forward to that. Which is, I have to say, pretty fucking phenomenal. Yep. So I'd have to agree. If you want um, paper dolls of the two of us. Yeah. If you want to do uh, Unsolved Mysteries Mad Lib. If you want 
two cross stitch patterns, you're going to need that motherfucking zine. Yep. <laughs> Blog about that, bitch. <laughs> Blog about that. Uh, I think that's everything. Thank you so much for listening. Happy holidays. Keep barking.